That's hundred. Man, what's going on with you guys, man? I'm super, super, super duper excited for this episode. Hopefully, you guys have been doing well this past week. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of action-packed things going on. So this is another episode of Monday Night Take here on the Come Up Series Live. Uh, another solo episode for me. Um, expect to, uh, you know, see some more guests in the next couple coming weeks here. Uh, last week, we had a very good episode. We brought Noble Living on. You know, he talked a lot about sports betting and, you know, we, we really got into, you know, the basis of sports betting, allowing you to pretty much see, you know, understand, you know, where sports betting is going as it continues to really be a space that grows more and more in this country. Um, obviously, we had a Super Bowl yesterday. Uh, shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs. They brought another championship back home um, and the Philadelphia Eagles played a really good game. And shout out to Jalen Hurts. Um, dominant, dominant performance just wasn't enough yesterday. Um, so a lot of, you know, moving pieces and parts. Uh, but, you know, this episode is a selling options masterclass with me. Um, you know, I was uh, referred this, you know, this topic um, by a good a, a good uh, member here at the Come Up Series. Uncle Charles said, you know, hey, man, you know, the people said they want to see it. And, you know, selling options has been something, you know, that I've talked about a lot, whether you follow me on IG Live and, and you've been following me over the past two years. You know, I've talked a lot about, you know, selling options and the potential that you have with it. So I want to pretty much tonight take the opportunity to pretty much, uh, you know, go over, you know, left and right, you know, top to bottom, pretty much what selling options is, how one gets started, um, you know, how does this strategy actually work? Uh, what's the ups and what's the upside to this? What's the downside to this? Like pretty much everything, you know, going over this. So, you know, this is an action pack episode that you guys definitely want to have and to be able to share um this this is going to be one that you'll probably want to have on 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 on, on um on auto renew this one will definitely be one that you want to replay auto renew it you know you definitely want to run this back a few times so uh you know i definitely wanted to say that so you know let's pretty much get started man uh, i want to start by disclosing a, a some a few things here you know i think a lot of times that you know people come into the stock market and you know they're they're rushing right and, you know, one thing that I've seen is, is that, you know, people are always looking to try to make like fast money, right? Everything is fast money. Like, how can I make this fast money? How can I make this fast money? And a lot of times it puts people in a position where I feel like, and I've seen that a lot of times people are putting too much pressure on themselves too soon. You know, everyone is trying to, you know, be this options trader that's making a bunch of money. You know, everyone's trying to make a million dollars right now and, and all of that stuff. But the truth in the, in the real and the reality of it, I'm a be honest with you is like this like you know i think most importantly you know people should be focused you know less on trading and more so on long-term investing right and for me that's how i got my start what um where i was you know buying shares you know of top etfs like the voo of eti you know buying shares um you know of companies that i liked you know that i felt like would would really grow long term and in the beginning process you know i knew nothing about selling options you know all i knew was hey you know, I could buy shares and, you know, I'm going to hold long term as as many of you. 
But as I've you know grown as a long-term investor, first and foremost, I realized that not only, you know, I started to realize that not only could I use my shares to obviously make money from a principal balance standpoint, but also I I could be making, you know, passive income from my shares, right? And, you know, that's what I really realized. And once I understood that and understood how the dynamics work, it changed my whole perspective entirely on the markets, right? So I went from being primarily a buyer of options to now 70 to 80% of what I do is selling options. So, you know, I realized that selling options is a really, really, really great way to make, you know, uh, you know, gains in the market, capital gains in the market, but also ways to be able to hedge in the event that we all know, you know, you can buy a stock and the stock price goes down. So that's kind of, you know, how I got my start into selling options was realizing, you know, these different things. So, you know, I definitely want to make a couple of notes here. You know, I've seen, you know, this kind of happen to a lot of people where, you know, people are, like I said, people are trying to be quick. And this episode is going to show you why I always tell people never to buy weekly options. Now, I know a lot of people do it. I know a lot of people are, you know, sometimes they're trying to be super risky and get those same day expiration contracts on a Friday or almost basically every single day now you have same expiration contracts you know on a spy in the qqq where options are expiring every day and it's and it's like the casino and you know i'm always telling people yo you cannot trade those same day expiration options or weekly options consistently and think that you know it's really going to pan out for you i always encourage people you know to buy time right i always encourage people to buy time on your options so let's get into, you know, all sides of this, right? So we're going to start from the top here. So what are the requirements for you to be able to sell options, right? Let's let's break this down. So you have two things here, right? Two things. Two different ways that you can sell options, right? One you can either have the capital to cover, right, the shares that you would have to buy to sell those options or you would need the shares. So there's two things, right? So if someone wants to, you know, sell an option, they have two things here. If you have 100 shares of a company, so every 100 shares of a company acts as if it is one door equivalent to real estate. I want everyone to write this down. Every 100 shares of a company, right, acts as one door of real estate, right? And, and if we can break that down equivalent. So in real estate, every single door that you have right? You're collecting some form of rent from that, right? Every single, every single door that you have, right? You're having one, you're having, um, you know, one form of rent coming from that particular property, right? And you have one source of income that's coming from it. So the same thing, you know, with, you know, cover calls, right? If someone owns an equity, right? Long-term and someone owns a stock and owns a hundred shares, you know, they can actually go ahead and do this, right? They can actually sell, an option, right? And collect a premium, right? So if someone owns a hundred shares of a company at a hundred dollars, right? And they understand that owning a hundred shares of that company at a hundred dollars, that that stock is going to be volatile, right? Like what I would say is, is that, you know, nine times out of 10, you know, a lot of times people get into positions and, you know, you're not going to instantly be green. You're, you may, you may more than likely 
end up being red before you see green. And a lot, you being a long-term investor, there's going to be times where stocks just trade sideways, right? There's going to be times where, you know, certain stocks trade sideways, you know, there's not a, you know, there's not a bunch of, you know, action, you know, it's super, super choppy. You know, the stock may stay in the same range, price range. You know, let's say for this example, we're talking about a stock that's $100. We'll say it stays in the same price range in between 90 and $110 for six, seven months. So if the stock is staying within the same price range for six, seven months, right? You know, you're not really making any money from a principal balance, right? Increase. You know, the stock isn't going any higher, nor is it going lower. So you're not really losing money and you're not really making money, right? Which is the name of the game as a long-term investor. But with selling options, this allows you to make something passively, even when the value of the stock price is staying the same, or even if the stock price is going down. So in 2022, we all know that a lot of stocks, you know, really sold off and came down. So when you're selling a call, right, you, you have you have multiple things, right? We're going to talk about selling calls, selling puts. You know, we're going to talk about multiple things. So when you're selling a call, right, you're collecting money. When you're selling a put, you're collecting money. So those two things are the same, right? Both of those particular things, right, when you sell an option, right, when you sell a call and when you sell a put, right, those are credits, right? So your account gets credited. So instead of you paying something, right, unlike when you're buying a call or buying a put, you're paying something. You're, it's considered a debit. When you're selling, you're getting you're you're getting credited. Your account is getting credited. So you intake what is called premium, right? You intake what is what is called premium. So what I tell people is is that for me, I understand that my stock is going to be volatile. My stock is more than likely, you know, not going to just go straight up, right? But I still want to make something off of it without having to sell my shares. That's why I really like selling covered calls, right? Because even this market rally right now, right? Just because the markets ran the past six weeks doesn't mean that the bear market is over and doesn't mean that it's going to continue to run. And so I like to sell calls after you see, you know, runs in the market and movement to the upside, right? Where you kind of see the, you know, the market's been moving up maybe the past few weeks, past few months, and then you know, it's hitting some sort of resistance level that you don't believe that it's going to break through, you know, it's hitting, you know, it's hitting that top of that resistance level. So I, so you're of belief that the stock is going to make a bearish move. So selling a call is a bearish type strategy, right? So you would sell a call, right? If you bought us, if you had a stock at a hundred and you, th and you think by a certain expiration date that the stock is not going to be above maybe 110. So you might sell a two week call option, right? For 110, because you believe that the stock won't be above 110 by that given Friday. So it's really good to do this when you're, when you're bearish, right? Right. Or you believe the stock will stay within the same range. So I like selling calls because it allows you in a, in a sideways moving market, which we've seen. And then obviously the markets have ran, you know, to the upside, you know, you now are able to make some, something passively off your investment because you're going to have whatever principal balance in, right? So if you have a hundred shares of a company that costs a hundred dollars, that's $10,000 that's locked into that company, right? Cause you invested it. 
So your goal is to now, okay, well, how can I burn some premium from it? How can I actually make, you know, money from this, right? How can I actually collect, right? How can I actually correct, you know, collect premium, right? On a day-to-day, you see me on a week-to-week basis, right? Or a month-to-month, right? So someone's going to ask me a question and say, well, what type of options do you like to sell the most, right? And what I would say is, is that to me, you know, personally, I like to sell options that ex- that expire within the next week or ne- or next two weeks, maximum three, right? So I would do maximum three. And I'm going to explain to you guys why, you know, I like to do it a week or two, right? I want to give people as little bit of amount of time as possible. And in this lesson tonight, you'll understand why I always tell people never to buy weekly options. You see, because when you're a buyer of weekly options, you really play into the seller's hands, right? Because as an option seller, right, we love people who love to buy weekly options because we're not giving you any time for that stock to really move in the direction that you're either looking for, whether it's bearish or bullish, right? So I love to sell weekly options because of two things here. And you guys want to write these two things down. The first thing is this. We have to understand what are the differences between buying an option and selling an option. So there's two different there's 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 a few different. I won't say just two, but there's two main things that I'm going to cover right now. Right. And this will help you understand. Everyone should write this down. And I want you to put this in the chat. Right. When you buy an option, buying an option is a theta negative type trade. When you are selling an option, it is a theta positive trade. So I'm going to say that again. When you are buying an option, that is a theta negative trade. When you are selling an option, that is a theta positive trade. So two different type variables at play, right, for each type of trade, whether you're selling or buying. So Why is a buyer a theta negative trade? So let's break that down. So if someone buys a call option, right, or buys a put option, they only have a limited amount of time for that stock to actually move up or down based upon whether they bought a call or a put. So buying an option, every single day, you pay what it's called a a theta tax, right? So every single day, there's an invisible tax that comes along with your option, right? So what? here's what gets a lot of people, right? Someone will say, well, I bought a call option on this stock at $90 five days ago. And the stock five days later is still at $90. And someone's going to say, well, why is it that the option that I bought five days ago, right, is still, the stock price is still at $90, but why, like, why am I down, right? Someone's going to ask that question. Why am I down? Even though it's at the same share price that I bought it at, why am I down 10% if it's at the same stock price that I bought it at? Well, that is because over that five-day period, you were paying a small tax, which is called theta, which is equivalent. I see some people in the chat saying the time decay. So while that stock was trading at the same price over the over the last five sessions, right, that stock was trading at the same price. So from Monday to Monday, the stock price was trading, right, at 90 one Monday, then the next Monday is still at 90. But that option that you bought is down 10% on the buy side. But on the sell side, that means it's up 10%. So this is why selling options, right, is a theta positive trade because you make money when stocks move sideways, 
from theta and you make money from theta from a selling option standpoint so this is why i really like selling options i won't say a, a a bunch more but i do like it more than buying options and the reason why is because of these variables right you see when it comes to buying a call or buying a put because buying an option is a theta negative trade you need the stock to continue to go up or you need the stock to continue to go down whether you're buying a call or a put right so if you buy a call option at 100 and the stock's trading at 100 and you buy a, uh, you buy a call option when the stock's trading at 100 and then it goes up to 101 but 10 days pass right so it's only moved a dollar and it 10 days have passed someone will say well the stock is up so i should be up at least a little bit and here's my answer to you just you bought it 10 days ago and the stock has only went up a dollar you're probably still going to be negative because that theta time decay is going to be eaten away at your option. So when it comes to the sell side, here's why I like the sell side a lot. Because let's say you 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 own a stock at $100, but you sell the 110 call. And let's say over the next five sessions before expiration date and expiration date comes, right? And you only you only gave them a week. So that was, you only gave them about four to five sessions. And let's say by the end of that week on Friday, the stock is at 106. So it went up $6, but you sold the 110 call. On Friday at 3.30 PM, that option is going to be worthless, that 110 call. And someone's going to say, well, well, how did the stock go up $6 and the call is worthless? Well, that's because all out the money options expire worthless. And I want everyone to write this in the chat. All out the money options at expiration date, right? Expire worthless, right? All out the money options, right? Expire worthless, right? So if the stock's at 106, but on Friday at 3.30 PM, you sold the 110 call, right? The 110 call is out the money. It's going to be worthless because of theta and the time decay. So as we got closer to Friday, the only options that are going to have value on Friday are in the money options because they're going to go ahead and get what we call exercised, right? So options automatically get exercised when they're in the money on Fridays. So when the stock price, right, is at 106, right? But there's 105, 104, 103, 102, 101, 100, right? All of those, all of those strikes are going to get what we call exercise on Friday. But all those out the money options, the 107, 108, 109s, 110, all out the money options always expire worthless they're going to expire at zero so the reason why i like selling options is even though i sold the 110 call and the stock went up six dollars i not only collected premium and get to keep that premium but also my stock went up six dollars so for whatever, whatever, how many hundred shares I've had, it went up $6. So for me, I like that. I like that trade. And the reason why I like that trade is because of this. I'm going to break this down to you, right? You see, if you would have bought a call, right? And spent money on the buy side buying calls. What, what I would say is, is that you need to be far more perfect and right to make money doing that. Whereas I'm, I've so far, I've talked to you guys about selling calls. I'm going to talk to you guys about selling puts, right, as well, too. But we're on the selling calls part right now. I don't need to be perfect, right? I do not need to be perfect. 
right? I do not need to be perfect, right? So I'm gonna tell you guys this right now. I don't need to be perfect when it comes to selling options, but you need to be pretty close to very accurate to be able to buy options and and and, and, and close the positions, right? You want to buy a call, you better you want to buy a put, you better know where that price is going because if you don't even if it moves up, if it doesn't move up fast enough, there's going to be a theta tax on that thing that's going to tax your butt, bottom line. And so when Lawrence says don't trade weekly options, the reason why he says that is because weekly options, so for example, the options that expired this week, February 15th, uh, February 17th, they have some of the highest theta, right, of all the options, right? They have the highest theta. Let me not say some of the, they have the highest theta. Anytime an option is a weekly, it has an extremely high theta. So I want you guys to think about this. When someone buys a call and it's a weekly option and the stock price falls $5 and that person on the buy side is down 40%, Understand that the person on the sell side is up 40%. Let's make that very, very clear. So, you know, weekly options have a, 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 a fast time decay. And so that is why I actually like to sell, you know, weekly options because I don't want to give anybody time, right, to really figure this out, right? I don't want to sell an option six months out. That's too long. Too much can happen, let alone in six hours, six, six six days, six weeks. Why would I want to give somebody six months for a stock to hit a price, right? Not saying that it people haven't done it, but it's all about probability, right? Six months, that's a long time. That's a lot, a long time for, um, you know, something to happen. Yes, the farther out you go, right? When it comes to selling options, the more you're going to collect from a price standpoint, right? Value, right? But what I would say is, you know, I like to consistently sell, you know, weekly to bi-weekly, you know, to tri-weekly options, right? That is how I like to do it because I don't want to give anybody time, right? I don't want to give you time. So all of this is is really what I would say, you know, the, the basics of it, right? So we're going to keep this thing going, right? Like I said, man, you make sure you guys are liking and sharing this video. A lot of action-packed value. So here's the thing, right? We discussed you need 100 shares to pull this off or you need the capital in your account to cover in case you want to buy. So what do I mean by that? So let's say someone doesn't have the 100 shares, right? But let's say someone has, we'll just say $100,000 in their brokerage account, right? That means that technically, right? And let's understand the risk here, right? The risk to reward. I would encourage people to focus only really on selling options on companies that they actually own 100 shares of. I would not do selling options on companies that you don't own the shares of. Selling options that you don't own the on, uh, you know, selling options on stocks that you don't own the shares of is extremely risky, right? You you run a, a an extreme risk. Doesn't mean that it can't be done, but what I would encourage people is to steer away from it. And I'm going to say this here now. The reason why I'm going to tell people to steer away from it is because you know, to me, what I would say is, is that it's extremely risky, right? And let's break down the risk, right? Because I, I get it. We have to always break this stuff now. And this is why you guys tap in here, because you guys are going to hear both sides of the coin. You're not just going to hear the peaches and cream. You're going to hear both sides, right? So let's understand, right? Why I'm saying, hey, you want to own the shares, right? So let's go back to here. Let's go back to that example. You sold the 110 call, right? 
and you have bought the shares at 100. But on expiration date, the stock is actually at 113. So that means that that 110 call that you sold, right, is now technically in the money. So there's a couple things that you could do here to kind of cl clean yourself up. Um, you can either, right, there's three, there's really, a, I would say uh, there's three main ways that it could go. Obviously, there's more, but there's three main ways that I'm going to cover, right? So number one, you could decide to say, you know what, you know, you know, I sold the 110 call, I collected a premium, I want to let my shares go at 110. So you may say, you know, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and get popped at 110, keep the premium, right, that I had. And I'm going to sell my shares at 110 because, you know, it's going to get exercised. That's one way that you could do it. Another thing that another way that you could do it is you could say, hey, you know, I was wrong this week. You know, I could go ahead and close the position out. You know, you can go ahead and, and cut it. Right. What I would say is, is that that could be something that could be something that you could do because you could say, well, you know, three week, three out of four of the weeks of the month, my options expire worthless. You know, this one week, you know, I kind of, you know, got popped and cracked up a little bit, let me go ahead and, and just close it out collectively all together and pretty much move on with my life and, and look forward to selling another option when the next opportunity presents itself for me to do that. Or you could actually, right, the third thing that you could do, right, because we talked about two things so far, right? Uh, but the third thing that you can do is you can actually roll the position, right? I see a couple of people in the chat already said it. You could you could roll it. You could actually say, you know what? I want to go ahead and roll my position to maybe next week or, you know, two weeks out, right? So, you know, let's get into, you know, breaking all of this stuff now. You know, what's the upside? What's the downside? Right. So primarily for me, let me explain this primarily for me, guys, when I'm wrong on an option that I sell. Right. I'm going to usually buy it back. Right. And the reason why I say this is because for me, I own the equity long term. The equity is more important than any option that I might have sold one week. So for me, I like to always make sure that when, you know, maybe in the event that an option is getting ready to potentially expire in the money, maybe I want to go ahead and just what we do is uh, option buyback, right? That's my favorite thing to do because I, I like to always live to fight another day, right? And I understand that you're not going to always be perfect. But here's the thing, right, for me, right? And, and, and I take a lot of these notes for myself, right? When it comes to selling options, my win percentage is far greater than when it comes to buying options. And, and let me be very clear to you, right? Anyone who's getting online telling you guys that they're winning 100% of the time on buying a call or buying a put, let me just tell you this right now. They are full of it and they are lying and they're they are capping right i only win about 62 percent of the time of the options that i take on the buy side let me be very clear i only win about 62 percent of the time when i'm on the buy side of options so that means that for me i have a six out of ten chance to be right on any trade that i take on the buy side so about a 62% chance, right? That is my, based upon all my trades collected together, right? I am going, I'm not going to hit 100% of my trades. I'm just not going to. I'm not good. It's not going to happen. So now, but when we talk about selling options, right? I usually am winning about 91% of my trades when I'm selling an option, right? 91%. So that means every nine out of 10 options that I sell, I am usually going to be right, right? Based upon what my performance. 
So here's the thing about trading and investing, man. For me, trading and investing is all about probability. That's all it's about. And so it is more likely, right? It is more likely that I'm going to be successful being on the sell side than being on the buy side. And I have the numbers to, to take a look at it for myself. So for me, I said, well, why am I, why am I so heavy on the buy side when I could be on the sell side and I don't need to be as accurate, right? Because when you're buying a call or buying a put, you need to be pretty darn accurate in the direction. And if you're not, you're going to take a, a small L if you have good risk management, or you're going to take a large L if you don't have good risk management. So for me, you know, my mindset on it is this, right? If this is the case, I have to understand these different things. The seller always makes more money. So for me, I encouraged, I, I want to be the seller. And the reason why is because I'm able to get paid up front. That's one thing that I like more about selling options. I get paid up front. And what I say is, I'm going to be honest with you, is when you take a look at all of these different variables, you add all of this stuff in. Now, if I'm able to understand not just better my technicals, but if I'm able to understand maybe some economic reports that are coming, maybe there's an earnings report that are coming, right? I want to be the originator of the options. I don't want to keep being a person that keeps buying the options. Buying options is cool. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But what I would say is, is that you would be better off looking at the sell side and let's keep this thing going. Y'all keep the likes coming in and keep sharing the video, right? Because let's, let's go back. Let, let's go back for a second. So for me, I want to sell options out the money, right? Whether they're calls or puts. So if I understand that if I own a stock at $100 and the stock goes to 106, but I sold the 110 option, boom, I, that option is going to expire worthless. Then the stock is at 106. Then next week I sell the 115 option. Boom. That week the stock closes at 113. Well, guess what? You know, the option expired worthless. It's out the money. Okay, but let's say next week, boom, we sell another option. We sell the 120, but boom, we, we see that the stock ends at 121. Well, guess what? I got to buy the option back, right? But then the next week comes along. I sell the 125, but then the stock ends the week at 117, right? The 125 out the money option expires worthless, right? So that was just pretty much right there. You know, three out of those four times you, you took a trade that won. But also think about this, right? During that time, your stock price actually went up, right? Your stock price actually went up. So not only were you collecting premium and making money, but your principal balance also increased as well too. And you're almost up about 20% on that stock from where you bought it at. Plus you're up whatever premiums that you were collecting, right? From that particular ticker, right? Now let's take it, let's take it a, a step differently. You bought the stock at $100 in January, 2023. You sold the option at 110. That contract expired worthless, but the stock dropped to 95. Cool. You sold the 105 next week, right? And the stock dropped to $92. That, that option expired worthless, right? Then guess what? Your investment dropped to $87, but you sold the 100 call. That option expired worthless. Cool. On the next week, the stock dropped again. It fell to $82, right? But you sold the 95 call. That option expired worthless. It was went to zero. That's four weeks in a row. Boom. You sold the 90 option. The stock fell that next week to 79. Boom. That 90 option expired worthless. Well, you now understand that your principal balance is down about 20%. But because you had been selling options the past five weeks, you were able to collect over the past five weeks, we'll say $1,300. If you bought 100 shares of that stock 
at a, at a hundred dollars, but you've collected $1,300 and the stock is currently at 79, you're only actually going to be down instead of $2,100, you're only going to be down $800. So because you were selling options, you actually now are only down $800. Even though the stock fell $21 from where you bought it at, and you should be down $2,100 because you were selling call options you are now only down technically 800 because you had collected 1300. So now here's what happens. Magically, we'll say the next week, the stock receives some good news, fire earnings, all that stuff right there. And the stock went from $79 back to $95. It went from $79 to $95. So now you're only technically down 500, right? You're only down 500. And you didn't sell an option this week because you were proficient at technicals and you seen mm, this stock came back down into a level and you said, hmm, it came to a support level. Not only do I not only do I see an opportunity to potentially buy more shares, but I'm not going to sell an option this week because why would I sell a call option when a stock just fell for four weeks in a row? You wouldn't want to do that. Not to say that it couldn't fall that fifth week, but you're taking a look at the charts and you're saying, OK, it's hitting the demand zone. This came back to a support level, and you're saying, why would I why would I go ahead and sell a call option here? This stock fell four weeks in a row. That doesn't make sense. So I'm gonna take a break this week, right? And what happens is, is that the stock goes back to 95. And so now you're only technically down five hundred dollars on your principal balance. But once again, because you sold those options, right? You actually collected $1,300. So technically you are actually not down any money. You're technically positive $800. Why? If you collected $1,300 and the stock is only down $500 on your principal balance, $1,300 minus $500 means that you actually, even though your stock price is not actually above the price you bought it at, you're actually positive. Does this make sense to people? Because I want to make sure that people are understanding this. This is why I like to sell options, because we all understand you you have the potential to buy a stock at $100 and that stock more than likely could pull back on you. It's actually not more than likely. It's highly likely that it's probably going to pull back. And so in the short term, you're able to actually not only protect yourself, but also you're able to make some money. And I didn't even get into the whole thing of this, right? So this is where not only if if I'm able to now own an equity, sell options on it, but then also, right, I'm able to actually go ahead and buy a option on this thing, right? So if I'm really now, if I'm really understanding what's happening, not only am I, if I believe the stock that I own long term is going to pull back, I'm not only going to sell a call on it, I'm also going to buy a put. And this is what I do, guys. Anything that I talk about, I actually do it. So let's be very clear, right? So all in 2022, when there were certain stocks that I said, you know, I like these names, right? And I'm going to own them long term. And I got into some position, like after the market, let, let me be clear, right? When the market fell early on in the year, there came a point during the summer where I started taking a look at certain stocks and saying, hmm. I like them at these levels. And then as well, even in this past fall, there were certain stocks that I said, you know what? I like them at these levels, right? One of those stocks was NVIDIA. Another one of those stocks was Tesla. I bought 
I I bought Nvidia at 140. We all know now we can go look at the charts that the bottom was 107. So if I was buying Nvidia at 140, 130, and 120, which I was, the the stock still fell lower. So for me, it's never about finding a perfect price. And I'm saying this here tonight. People have to stop looking to find perfect prices on stocks. There is no perfect price. And, and the faster that you understand that, the easier that this transition is going to be from a mindset standpoint. I don't care about being perfect. Trust me. I don't care if I bought the stock at 140 and then it went to 110 because I know this strategy that I'm teaching you here tonight. I know how to sell an option. I'm able to mitigate some of my risk and then I'm able to take that. The game is not only do you want to be able to sell options, you don't want to just take that principle, the, the, the money that you're getting from selling options, go take it and withdraw it and go blow it. No, you want to take that money and actually put it back into your investments. You see, people talk a lot about, well, man, how is Warren Buffett buying $4 billion of this company and the market doesn't drop this much? How is it, Where is he pulling the $4 billion from? Warren Buffett is one of the biggest sellers of options. So Warren Buffett sells options. When his stocks are falling, he's, his, they are selling options at Berkshire Hathaway. They are selling calls, right? Last year, institutions were selling a bunch of calls, right? I am never looking to be perfect. I'm looking to risk mitigate and allow myself to be able to continue to be in the game. So when I look at me buying a stock at 140 and it falls to 110, I don't care because I'm going to sell options. I'm going to collect premium, right? I may buy a few puts down the way, potentially, may not, but I may do that. I'm going to take that money because I understand that in the short term, stock prices are always going to be irrational. There may be some news that breaks that causes the stock to fall from 140 to 110 that might be temporary. Hence Tesla, right? Notice I'm using these, 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 these live examples, right? Because we have to understand there's a lot of people right now that may be on this live and maybe, maybe you're going to watch this recording and say, man, Tesla it just it just kept falling and I thought it was going to keep falling and I, I wanted to get in and I couldn't get in. And you're looking a lot of times people are looking for these perfect prices and a perfect price just doesn't exist. If everyone could get the perfect price, everyone would be trillionaires. Right. If everyone could get the perfect price, the best price, time it perfectly, know when the bottom is right. Everyone would be everyone would be trillionaires, but that's just not possible. The thing is, is how can you go ahead and be able to, even if you get into a position, be able to manage it to the point that you're able to protect yourself enough and able to get enough premium to allow yourself, right? To allow yourself to be able to stay in the game. That's all that this is. I want to be able to, in the event that my investment goes south, which we all know can happen, but it's go, it, it has that potential to go south temporarily, right? So I don't really get caught up in the fact that, oh man, the market's down and all this and all that. I'm not really getting ca too caught up in that because I understand that if I'm truly a long-term investor, what are we talking about a stock being down for a month or two months or three months or hell, even three? even six months, right? What are we even talking about? Because a lot of times I think that people are thinking, well, you know, my stocks are going to be down, you know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. You know, so for me, I, I just always tell people like, yo, I'm looking at this from a standpoint of, you know, I don't care too much about, you know, my stocks being down. I'm going to be real with you because I know this strategy. So you selling an option is going to protect yourself in the long run, right? So let's take it a step further, right? Let's talk about selling puts. We talked a lot about selling calls and we'll come back. To, we'll, we'll come back probably before we close out. 
But let's talk about selling puts. So selling puts is like going coupon shopping with your grandmother, right? Your grandmother, she knew, right, the value of the products that she wanted to buy, but she knew she didn't want to buy them full price. She knew that if she could buy the value names that she knew she wanted with a 10% coupon, she would jump right at it. That's the same thing that selling a put option is. Selling a put option is understanding that for one, selling a put option is a bullish strategy. So let's make that very clear. It's a bullish strategy. So when anytime you sell a put, you're actually bullish, right? Anytime you buy a put, you're bearish. So someone's going to ask, well, why is it when I sell a put, right? Why is it when I sell a put? Why is that a bullish position, right? Let's break that down. So when you sell a put, you're essentially saying that you believe the stock price is going to go up, right? So if there's a stock at $150 and you sell the 140 put, right? And the stock price goes to 160. Well, on expiration date, that 140 put is out the money. So it's going to expire worthless, right? Everything with calls and puts are just complete opposite. So since the stock price went up, and if you know that if, if you're in a put and the stock price goes up, well, that means that it's going against you if you're on the buy side. But on the sell side, if the stock is going up and you're and you sold a put option, your put option is losing value. That person that bought it is seeing a decline. The person who sold it is seeing an increase, right? So for me, selling a put option is very, very simple to understand. When you're choosing a strike price, you're essentially saying two things, right? And it's called a cash secured put. So it's secured by the cash in your brokerage account. So you can only sell put options up to the cash that you have in your brokerage account. So what I would say is, is that this is, this is a key for you to understand. So if you have $20,000 in free cash, in your brokerage account, right? You're able and you have a stock that's $150. That means you can only sell one option. You can only sell one. Why? Because 15,000 of the cash is going to be locked up. You only have 5,000 extra, so you can only do you can only do this one time with a $150 stock, right? So let's break it, let's break it down so people understand it. So while you sold that put option, that 15,000 is going to be locked up, right? Not to say it's not going to say locked up, but understand you won't be able to use it, right? Because that 15000 is in case, right? Excuse me, it's actually going to be 14000 because I said you sold the 140 put. So it's going to be 14000 right? So that 14000 is going to be locked up, right? So let's say the stock price actually drops here to 135 right? And this is the flip side of it. The stock price dropped to 135 from 150 but you sold the 140 put. What's going to happen is, is that you're still going to buy the stock at 140. So your 14,000 is going to be exercised, right? So you have to buy the shares at 140. That's what the contract stipulates. But you sold that option for $1,000, right? So let's break that down. You sold that option for $1,000. And we're speaking hypothetical here, right? But you sold that option for $1,000, right? And the stock price is currently at uh, one four. Well, excuse me, one thirty-five. Well, that means that if you paid fourteen thousand and the stock is at one thirty-five, that means that you would be down five hundred on your principal balance. 
But because you sold that option for $1,000, technically, you're actually not down anything. You're actually positive $500 because you pay $14,000 for your shares, even though the, they're actually valued at $135, but you collected $1,000. So that negative $500 balance has now turned into a positive $500 balance. So that is helping you be able to protect yourself, right? So someone's going to ask, well, Lawrence, you said you like to sell, you know, your, your calls one to two weeks out, maybe even three, maybe even three weeks out. Right. So for me on the call side, what would be your answer on the put side? And my answer on the put side would be a little bit different. Right. Your, your answer, my answer on the put side would be a little bit different because once again, we understand the market can be volatile. But for me, I would say that, you know, I think I would say I would be willing. I'm definitely willing to sell puts longer with longer expiration dates than with calls. For one, obviously, the longer I the longer, the more time I put on it, the more, the more premium I can collect for one. So here's my mindset in it, right? And you'll understand it. When it comes to selling puts, if I've already identified a price that I'm comfortable with, and my goal is to just get paid to do it, I look at it as just like a bonus, or like I said, you getting a coupon. So for me, if if I can collect two thousand or three thousand dollars to buy however many shares, right? I'm just giving you an example. Let's say let's say let's say i want to get 200 shares of a company but i'm able to collect $3000 to do that right and i know the price that i'm comfortable to own it at that's key i have to be able to understand the price that i'm comfortable to own it at it's not going to matter to me if i get it at this price right so if i'm comfortable to own that stock at 140 and i'm just looking to get paid for it, it it's not going to matter to me if i'm comfortable to own it at that price right even though i may i know that it may not be the bottom i'm comfortable to own it at that price so here's my thought process on it. If I've sold my puts and I got paid, and let's say the stock price is coming down, in that event, I can still buy puts too. So not only can I sell those puts, if I see that, hey, the stock price is coming down, my option is getting ready, it looks like it's going to expire in the money, I've gotten paid for it. On the way down, I'm also going to look to potentially buy puts, right? I'm also going to look to potentially buy puts on this name, right, as well, because I want to be able to capitalize and take advantage. So a couple of things that I'm going to do here. Someone's going to ask, well, why would I buy puts? Because if, I, if I'm looking, I'm seeing a stock is coming down, I want to be able to make capital off of it outside of just me getting assigned at a certain price. And guess what I'm going to do with the capital that I make from the puts, right? I'm going to break this down. Guess what I'm going to do with the capital that I make from the puts? I'm going to take that money and buy more shares. And guess what I'm going to do once I own those shares? I'm going to sell calls. So I sold the put to actually get into the position. And while I was selling the puts, and even if the stock came down more and I got popped at one at, at 140 and the stock came to 125, if I was buying puts, I should have made a little bit of money, right? And if I'm comfortable to own it at 140, I'm going to definitely buy more at 125. And so if I buy more at 125, right? And that stock price comes, but like, so for me, it's not about looking at things in a small light. 
guys, we got to understand that this companies that we're looking at today that are 150 going from 125, you got to understand five to 10 years from now, those companies are going to be more than 125. They're going to be, they may be 350, 450. And you're going to really sit back and ask yourself, I was looking for 110. I wanted to get it at 110. You had an opportunity to buy it at 150. You didn't do it. It came to 125. You still didn't do it because you're looking for it to go to 110 and it may never go to 110. And then what happens is, is that it never goes to 110. It hits 125. It bottoms. And all of a sudden, five years later, it's at 450. And you come back to the chart and you scratch your head like, man, what was I thinking? Why didn't I just get it at 125 or, or 140 or 150? The problem is, is that a lot of times people are chasing perfection. I'm never chasing perfection. You're never going to be perfect. It's about how can you make adjustments? And the more that you learn these things, right, it's going to make sense. So I sold puts to acquire my shares. Because here's the thing, you're going to do, you're going to buy the companies anyway. I want to make this, I want to make this clear. You're going to take your money in the brokerage account and say, buy a hundred shares. At least with selling a put, you got paid something. That's my mindset. Whether it was $300 or $3,000, you got paid something to own those shares. Regardless, you got paid something. Because when you just press an order and say, hey, market order, 100 or 200 shares, you won't get paid nothing. At least with selling some puts, you got paid a couple hundred dollars or a couple thousand dollars to execute that transaction, right? So that's my mindset when it comes to selling puts. It's a great, you know, plan to really acquire stock and get paid for it. And so, you know, no one knows when the bottom of the market is, right? No one knows when the bottom of the market is, but I just want to go back for a second, right? Let's go back, right? Because I said, after I sell those puts and acquire the shares, right? What am I going to do? I'm going to then sell calls. So now I, I got paid to own, I got paid. It's like, I got a signing bonus as an NFL quarterback. The, the, the team came to me and said, hey, Lawrence Eggleston, we want to give you $100 million to come sign with us for the next four years. And they said, hey, we're going to give you a sign-on bonus for $5 million. That's exactly what selling a put option is. Selling a put option is getting a bonus to buy the shares. I don't think it gets any better than that. That's all it is, right? When you're selling a put option, you're getting paid a bonus to do it. If you just go to buy market order and put in 100, 200 or whatever, you're not getting paid anything. So as my mind started to be wrapped around this, I said, yo, this makes so much sense, right? Instead of me just putting my money in, let me wait. Boom, I'm getting 100 shares. Hey, let's get paid for it. Let's get paid. Let's get paid for it, right? So, you know, you know what's the, what's the risk that you run with selling a put, right? Well, if you sold the put at 140 and the stock drops to 115, well, you got to buy it at 140. That's the that's the risk right there. That's the risk, right? So if you sold the put at 140 and the stock goes to 115, right? Well, you gotta buy it at you gotta buy it at 140. So you gotta buy $25 higher than where it's at currently right now. So that's the risk. Now there's ways to mitigate that risk. Obviously, if the stock is falling from one 150 to 115 and you sold the 140 put, this goes back to where I say doing multiple things and being able to know multiple strategies. In my mindset, I'm not going to let the stock just fall from 150 to 115 and I ain't tapped something on it. You best believe I'm going to be in puts somewhere in the middle of that, right? I'm going to be in puts probably from 140 
to 125 right so that's where the technical analysis someone said it perfectly this is where the technical analysis comes in right so it's a combination of understanding technicals charts but also understanding where you where you're comfortable to own a specific company at right all of these different things combined together is really what makes everything make sense here right so i think that's super you know i, th I think that's super 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 duper important you know for me to highlight for you guys here is just understanding you know those things right so the more you understand those things you know the easier that it really becomes for yourself so these are the little things that you can do to really understand selling options you know in a greater fashion right these are the little things that you can go ahead and do so you know hopefully this is making sense for y'all you know i definitely want to you know make make sure i'm not talking over anybody's head at all i want to make sure you know it's definitely making sense for you guys uh, but this is just kind of like a, a soft run through of understanding selling options. The easier that you, the, the, excuse me, the more that you understand this stuff, the easier that this stuff can become for you. I definitely would say that the more that you understand this stuff, the easier that, you know, this can become for, uh, can, can, can become for you. So, you know, a lot of this stuff is, 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 I won't say simple, you know, it's definitely complex, but it can become easier over a period of time. So I definitely, you know, want to make note of that, you know, for you guys here tonight. So, you know, that's kind of my mindset, you know, with everything, you know, being transparent and, and, and super honest with you guys, you know, hopefully, you know, everyone, you know, really took this information and, and, and really runs with it. You know, I definitely hope people take this information and and run with it. So this is a soft, you know, pretty much overview of selling options. So you do these things, right? This makes it easier for you to navigate in the market. Now you understand, now hopefully after looking at this episode, you understand the parts of buying options that sometimes you might not understand. Like, okay, why did the stock not move and it's at the same spot and i'm down money right understanding these little things right makes it easier for you as not just an investor and as well as a trader but it just it, it changes your mindset and your perception so you want to re-watch this you know i spent an hour pretty much going over the details but it just wasn't enough time so expect like obviously this is not going to be the last time you guys hear this from me right but your job is to share this video invite more people to come in the more people that come in the more information that we can share so this is uh you know this is this is the this is some things that i can tell you guys to do before we leave tonight so um there is a selling options a kit actually on investopedia you know that i think you guys should go over right selling options uh you know kit on investopedia so if you type that in go take a look at that and then it'll illustrate some of this stuff that i just illustrated for you some things as well to wrap up tonight once again i said yo you should probably steer away from selling options if you don't have the money that's how a lot of times people get margin called right so I would only sell options based upon the cash that I had available to cover, right? Or, right? Or what what else I would do, right? Or or what else I would do is this, is I would go ahead and do this. And hopefully this makes sense for you guys. What I would go ahead is I would make sure that you're building your capital up so you continue to get more and more shares. The more shares you have, the more opportunity that you have to sell options. Instead of having 100 shares, have 200. You have 200, you can sell two 300 you can sell three so that's really the name of the game so i want you guys to understand this and this will make sense so now when the market goes down no one should ever be crying about it crying about it again understand that when the stock market is dropping you now are able to get 100 shares 200 or a thousand shares 
a lot cheaper than before. So if a stock went from $400 to $100, understand that that really means that went from $40,000 to $10,000. So that means you have to have $30,000 less that $30,000 less dollars to actually put into that stock to get 100 shares. So for me, I'm just telling people, I'm like, yo, the best time is now to really invest, man. Because if I'm able to get 100 shares of all these different things and they've gotten cheaper, this stock fell 50%, this stock fell 60%, this stock fell 80%, right? It makes it a lot easier. One stock that I'm loving doing this right now, and this is going to make Uncle Charles really laugh, is Snow. Snow has not done jack anything since I don't know when. But all I know is every week I'm selling a, a Snow option almost, and it's for the most part, been expiring worthless. About 90% of the time, it's been expiring worthless. So for me, I like snow long-term, right? Uncle Charles put me on to this, to this stock, right? I'm willing to own this stock long-term. I don't care that it's not doing nothing. Right now, it's generating me income in a short-term basis that I then can take that money and go buy more shares. So how I look at it is the market could trade sideways for the next year, two years, three years. And I would be happy about it because I'm going to be selling options that whole time. And you best believe I'm going to be taking that money and putting it right back into the stock that I like. Right. So that's my mindset is I, I don't fear sideways action because I'm looking to be able to build my position. I do not want my stocks going up 100 percent. Trust me, I'm very upset that NVIDIA and Tesla did what they did. Right. Yes, my principal balances have increased on it. But I would have far preferred Tesla to stay right at 120 and right at 130 and right at 140. And the same thing for NVIDIA, because every week I would have been selling an option. Every week I would have been selling an option and buying more shares. So do not frown upon if the market drops again and you see your stocks trade sideways for three to six months or even a year, because that is going to allow you to build your position a lot more. So that's definitely something, you know, I wanted to say to you guys here tonight, you know, hopefully that, you know, that makes sense for you guys. You know, I definitely wanted to, you know, you know, make those notes for y'all. Like I said, I'm super appreciative of you guys man and thankful and um yeah man let's go ahead and rock out and um you know i'll see you guys i'll see you guys soon so um you know another ep action pack episode here on monday night take shout out to every single one that tapped in take these notes go and study this stuff man like really really hardcore go and take a look at what we talked about tonight you know this is some good information here you know that you guys can go ahead and take and really build upon right that's what we want to do here we want to continue to build upon you know where we're at so you know i'm super appreciative of, of of everyone you know thankful to you guys man and um you know yeah let's go ahead and rock out and um you know see you guys next uh see you guys next week so uh appreciate y'all man and this has been another episode of monday night take hit that like button like button and share and we'll see you next monday peace out